You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another rousing edition of Facebook Live Q&A. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with the amazing voice of this community, Cindy. Hello, everyone. Any questions? We have some questions from our previous Facebook Live, which was not last week, but the week before. Did we skip a week? Yeah, because you were traveling. And then yeah. you had the Success Live Facebook Q&A, so we... Some people. Some people yeah. just don't keep to a schedule. I Shameful. Know. I know, just guys. Just me aside and so, have a talk. Um, we've got one from Christian Nana. Nice. Found out about Impact Theory a week ago, and I'm already totally hooked. My question to you, what is it that you think makes your show so successful and relevant? Wow. I know. Uh, Kick it off with a deep one. Yeah, let's dive right in. (laughs) Um, So if I'm honest, I think it's a few things. So one is that around here we're a team. So you're getting a lot of different flavors and people and voices and whether that's invisible. So um, think of guest selection that... Uh, guest selection is really several people. So you've got Dr. Finesse, you've got Courtney, who literally is doing her best to be an invisible part of this team, but is incredible <laughs> and an amazing contributor. And it makes me very sad that she doesn't want to like sort of be visually recognized. Um, and then, of course, Lisa and myself, that's really sort of the guest selection committee. And then Cindy is constantly finding people that are amazing and she's throwing forward. And I mean, really anybody... Um, on the team will put guest ideas out there. And so as a team, we select guests. So that's first and foremost. And I think the guests are really a huge part um, of what makes Impact Theory successful. Um, We're highly collaborative, so you're getting just a a lot of mind meld. I like to think we're all having fun and so people can feel that. Um, And then in terms of the way that I interview is very different than most people. So Um, looking at the landscape and assessing how you can differentiate yourself. One of the things we want to do very early on and the promise that I made was I want this to deliver value. And if it's going to deliver value, then I have to do a lot of research to give you an interview that that person is not going to give anywhere else. So I think that the interviews are unique. Um, also my big thing is we only bring people onto the show that inspire me. So as we, you know, we do big guest pitching sessions as the guests are pitched, I ask like, do I think as I research this person that there's going to be something in there that I'll fall in love with that I can learn from that's going to empower me. Um, and so those are the people that we're bringing on. So by the time they come on, like I know their universe so well, um, that I'm able to get them to lower their defenses. Cause one, when you're being interviewed, there really is something amazing, Uh, that causes you to bond, lower your guard when they know you and they've really put in the work to um, find out what you're really about, what you're trying to do. They're trying to get you beyond the soundbite. And so that's our goal with that. Um, I think the team does a phenomenal job of making the guests feel welcome. And I really can take like 0.01% of the credit for that. The rest is the team because I'm usually up prepping in my room literally till about three minutes before we start rolling. I would have said more, but Cindy would have called BS. I think she's one of the people that suffers with last minute things that have to be done as I finally 
uh, pull myself out of the cocoon of research. Um, and so the team makes them feel really, really welcome. So by the time they get on stage, there's just like a sense of, okay, I'm here with friends. And then I give everyone a pitch before they come on, not a pitch, but like, there's a thing I say to them, which is I'm not a journalist. I am not here to ask you hard questions. You've inspired me and I wanna give you a chance to inspire the audience. So they know like, dude, I can't tell you, like I've already told my team, I don't do interviews anymore for people that are gonna take my words, synthesize them and then put them out into the world. And I don't do that because I feel that it is, what ends up coming out is so weird and you feel like, I remember the, the one that made this become a thing. Uh, I'm on the call. They're asking me all these weird questions. And when I got off, um, I said to the team, I said, I felt like I was being set up. And then, of course, the article comes out and it was super fucking weird. And I thought, totally. Um, it's easy to make me sound crazy, by the way. Like, if you abstract things and put them in a certain context, like, I get that. Right. Uh, but I sounded crazy. And so I was like, all right, no more of this. So the guests usually show up having come up in that world they know how often people are trying to be salacious trying to get like a juicy angle or whatever um and that's just not us we want to actually help inspire and educate people so that they have what they need to go and manifest their dreams so put that all together um and and i think that's what makes us special that and we do the deep work so all of us are all thinking very very hard about how to make this exceptional we just had a frenzy of activity um, this morning around an idea that I won't reveal yet, but I'm very excited about. Uh, and when you see the team come together and everybody breathing their enthusiasm and their passions, and it's just, that's how we do it. It's a team. That's the, I could have stopped at that, I suppose. <laughs> we have a good team. But I feel like the in-depth answers are always appreciated, nice. you know, like good takeaways. All right. So this one comes from Francisco Vergara. How do you deal with high conflict personalities, like in the workplace or in life in general? Man, that is a case by case basis. Sometimes you have to diffuse the situation and normally that's it. So normally as someone is escalating, I'm de-escalating and I'm becoming more and more zen and I'm getting more and more chill. And the more they're freaking out, the more I'm talking slowly and I'm getting calm because you're dealing with algorithms, you're dealing with emotion, you're not necessarily dealing with um, something that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't usually do well long term with people that are um, uh, really combative like that because I think it's super toxic to the environment. And then there are times where you have to big dog. So and that's just the way that it is. So when I first um, was working on the line back at Quest, where I was actually making protein bars, and I had um, what maybe was brilliant, was maybe stupid, I'll leave others to decide. We started, uh, we told the neighborhood that we'll hire people regardless of felony conviction. So we had um, literally Bloods and Crips working on the same line, uh, former drug dealers, um, many ex-convicts, um, killers, I mean literally like the whole thing with the teardrop tattoo, like the Full whole shebang. nine. And you, at for that to work, you can't be weak. You can't back down. So I had to do like the big dog routine a lot. Um, the reason I did it I, is a topic for another day, but it was really, really a beautiful period in my life. Um, and so anyway, I had to big dog them. But then as your company gets bigger, big dogging freaks people out and it becomes like this super weird thing in the culture and you don't want that and you don't want people to be intimidated. People are at their best when they're relaxed, they're calm, they're creative. Um, so nine times out of 10, you got to get rid of people like that. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, and in life, it, then it really depends. Like, for me, if somebody's coming after me, I'm relatively chill, although I have um, 
almost got in a fight once at the gym. That was really stupid, embarrassing. Um, because, I don't know, it just caught me off guard. It was so fucking weird. Like, I don't want to waste time with the story. It was so <laughs> weird. I was literally like, what is happening right now? So anyway, it triggered some bizarre, deep-seated uh, caveman thing in me. Um, but Dr. Smith, or there's Dr. Like, Smith, Agent Smith, there's welcome. A, there's what's like what's happening noise, right now? So we're trying to figure out how to Uh-oh. fix it. But it sounds okay on, on Lisa's end. Okay. So we're, but we're getting comments yeah. that we've got some weird sound. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, Agent Smith is on it, everybody. I love that he tried to be all like sneaky and ninja. I know. We always like do out. stuff like that where we're like, let's just be super stealth. Yeah. And he always calls us out. I have to. So I don't I even know why to we feel do it. Like the pre- right? I don't just even fucking know why come we on. do it like, anymore. <laughs> my favorite, though, was when we introduced Chase and he was a torso with no head. That was <laughs> uh, but yeah. So anyway, uh, that is sort of the long and short of that one. <laughs> and do you think that comes from self-awareness? Just like as a follow-up. What, having to big dog or knowing or when to... Or just knowing when to, you know, uh, I, how to treat people in different uh, contexts, I guess. For me, it's always asking the question, what's going to get me what I want, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm so goal-oriented. It's like the time, in fact, that I almost got in the fight, it was because what I wanted was not to be taken advantage of. Like it just triggered that thing in me. Yeah. And so then it was just like, well, you have to keep escalating, escalating, escalating because it's like, what do you do? If your goal is to not be taken advantage of, then you can't have a breaking point. So you just keep going until it gets stupid, uh, which is exactly what both of us did. So um, and then when it's something like diffusing the situation, it's because diffusing the situation either is good for the long term reputation. It's right for there in the moment. Um, You want other people to see how to handle a situation like that and just. Yeah, normally that's the right course of action pretty much for anything. The only time someone can really get under my skin is if they're like doing something that's upsetting my wife and then I, I get a little nutty. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, so this next one comes from um, Jessica Tare Z. How the fuck do you get over the downs and keep pushing forward? Give us a life example, please. Can we, By the uh, way, this is just FD on IG. Yeah, by the time yeah. she said fucking the question, like I knew who this You're was. You're like, oh. <laughs> right. um, So can, when we say downs, are we saying like depression, failure? Can we get, why don't you give me a clarification while we wait for so, her? Um, what do I you was, think she All right, means? I feel like maybe the depression. Okay, so yeah. one, my whole thing with that and the reason I asked for a clarifying answer is for me, depression is brain chemistry, right? So um, one of the things you guys know of everything I'm asking myself, does this serve me? If it serves me, then I'll do it. So if being depressed is useful, then I'll be depressed. If being depressed isn't useful, then I'm going to shake myself out of it. Um, Especially if you catch it early, depression is, uh, you can use some really basic things to begin getting it going in the other direction. Now, once it becomes really hardwired and you've been suffering from it, you know, from six months, a year or something like that, then the techniques that I'm about to give you may not be sufficient. You may just need to go get help. Uh, and that help may include medication. But here are my... I, I, I'm taking this probably a little too deep and then I'll back up and give you a simpler answer. But if it's really something that is the path of depression, uh, start working out immediately. The neurochemistry that you get from working out is so profound and has just been shown in study after study to have a profound impact on depression and anxiety. So work out. Get your diet right. Again, all this stuff is controlling your neurochemistry. So if your diet is totally fucked up, the chances are that your neurochemistry is going to start getting messed up. Um, The other one, gratitude. Focus. You get what you focus on. So if you're focusing on all the things that are going wrong, then they're going to continue to 
get bigger and bigger in your mind. You're going to be hardwiring that stimulus to feed it through uh, being colored negatively by the deep limbic system. It's going to come out the other side, no matter what the input is, is dark and negative and brooding. So um, focusing on the things that are going right. Uh, fourth, ask yourself, how is this the best thing that ever happened to me? So whatever is causing this negativity, like flip it, find something positive in it. Those four things will change 99% of this. I mean, just radically, radically change it. Um, meditation is another great one. Just learning to calm your mind, focusing on your breath, getting out of fight or flight. What people have to understand is all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it comes down to neurochemistry. Okay. So for instance, if you need an example, if you um, lost your significant other, which would just be emotionally devastating. Right. And I can see how that would um, put you into a depressive state. If I were to be able to give you temporary amnesia, while you had amnesia, all of your symptoms of depression would go away because it's tied to the memory, right? And so that memory reinforces this cycle of, and, and the perfect example of this is oftentimes when people wake up, when they're in the middle of a depressive episode, for a split second, they forget they're depressed. And then they remember, and then it's all bad. So I'll give you an example. When um, my dog died, which for us was, you know, I mean, they're like our kids. So that was just brutal. But there would be like 30 seconds where you wake up and you're like, oh, oh, my fucking dog is that, you know what I mean? And then you're like, it's just that heartbreak comes yeah. washing over you again. But that, that's when you realize like, this is tied to a memory. This is tied mm -hmm. to something I keep cycling back to over right. and over and over. And because I keep thinking of it, then it's just it it just becomes this like looping negative cycle because you get what you focus on so um really taking your time and attention away uh from that i think is super critical um and then if you're just talking about hey i'm down things aren't going right but it's not like truly a depressive state for me it's what i'll say i learned from um we have another visitor what i learned from <laughs> uh the disney book which is always return to the product now the right. product 99 times out of 100 is you but looking inward and saying, how can I improve? How can I get better? Realizing that whatever it is that you're lamenting, that thing that you're beating mm -hmm. yourself up over, that you don't think you're good at, other people are better than you. You're not where you thought you would be by this age. Your relationship isn't going as well as it could. Like, whatever. Focus on improving it. Like, don't sit there and beat yourself up over it. Remember, at any time, you're so malleable and you can learn skills anytime. So start learning those skills and taking that action to get better and focusing in your Focusing your energy on the fact that you can improve, that humans are an adaptation machine, that we respond to stressors by improving, um, that's always been super, super liberating for me. Totally. Um, I didn't see her. Oh, so this is the additional context. So from Jessica, so I moved to Colorado when everything, oh shit, when everything flows out, um, flows but seems to overwhelm at the same time, it all happens at once. I want to do it all but seriously can't do it all, but I'm scared I'll lose the opportunities. Um, also, thank you for the depression. I went through a divorce, 17 years of abuse, and verbal, both verbal and physical. Um, love everything you said. Thank you. Which way is, um, I think it's also a partial. Yeah, overwhelm is totally different. So overwhelm, the answer is gratitude meditation gratitude meditation like mm -hmm. you, the meditation part is um is mechanical and what i mean by that is you've got to learn to get out of fight or flight um and remember it's never performance it's always practice so there was a few weeks ago i can't remember what was happening i talked about it on i think on q a or maybe i don't remember one of the shows anyway i talked about it live 
And I was like, wow, yesterday I actually felt overwhelmed. It was so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, when I feel overwhelmed, it's like 35 seconds because I know the mechanisms to kick in when I start feeling that, which are stop, breathe in through your nose, hold, out through your mouth, hold, sit in a comfortable seat, diaphragm breathe. Like you literally just have to stop because your mind will just start racing, racing, speeding up, speeding up, speeding up. So this is one of those things I'm only sort of kidding. Like if your house catches on fire and you're like freaking out, you're actually better to stop for like 15 seconds and just breathe and calm yourself down and then move into a calmer state because you'll be more effective. So admittedly, if my house is on fire, probably just rush to deal with the issue yeah. but i'm saying like anything else like i'm gonna first chill first chill like step one so you'll see me like i would do it in the fucking middle of a business meeting if i had to like oh this is getting overwhelming and literally that smile that I, it it could be fake as hell it doesn't matter it will change your neurochemistry yeah, it helps. so just get on that accepting that we're all a bunch of uh mechanical parts and algorithms and that that'll move you out of fight or flight and into the parasympathetic nervous system rest and digest you'll calm down mm-hmm. and um you know sometimes it takes a little bit longer like if i'm really fucking stressed which is different than overwhelm but if i'm really stressed or really anxious it might take me 20 minutes to hit equilibrium, but I have never once, not even in the most tumultuous moments of my life, I've never once failed to get to zero on a background radiation scale from meditating. Now, it doesn't mean that an hour later it's not rising it's like, again, right. but then go back and meditate again. So meditation has never once failed me to get to zero background radiation. So, and I've, look, I've had crazy shit happened so this is not like oh you've just never had anything no no right i have it's just you've learned to overcome and deal with it yep cool mechanistically that's what i want people to understand it's not about being smart what a great word okay so i have a couple shout outs um our impactivists tuning in from around the world we've got Corey um and deborah from vancouver Andy from Calgary, Yannick from Calgary, also, Calgary, yes. Okay, Calgary, I just wasn't like, is this somewhere? I um, and then Yannick also from Vancouver, Made from Toronto, Man, Canada and in the house. What is going on? Is it like a holiday Francisco in from Argentina. Wow. So Canada representing. I know today. they tuned in hard today, Apparently which so. much appreciated, guys. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and then the next question comes from Giancarlo Costa. Tom, I'm 19 and desperate to do something with my life. I have some ideas, but the truth is I don't know what to do. I'm completely lost and overwhelmed by all the options. I want to acquire skills that would make me a linchpin in a company so I can learn more about entrepreneurship and business so that eventually I can start my own company. What are some positions that are indispensable to all the companies nowadays? Um, uh, what are some positions... It's really not the position and every company is going to be different. Like I mm-hmm. never would have imagined that I would one day have a role called booker and that the booker would be a linchpin, right? Just uh, never would have right. guessed that or community like uh, <laughs> like 10 years ago. I didn't even know what that was like. So this stuff is, you know, changing rapidly. So I don't think it's about a position. I think it's about a mindset. And I think that 
fooling yourself into thinking that playing in your position is going to make you a linchpin is also a mistake. Um, you need to understand that linchpins are people that transcend their position. They look at the problems that the business is facing and they help solve those problems. And as a um, leader, as an owner, there's nothing more incredible, reassuring, exciting than having teammates that don't stay in their lane. They don't just do their role. They're really taking a broad view of the company and trying to be useful wherever they can. Now, always and forever, make sure that you take care of the roles and responsibilities of your position, first and foremost, that you crush those. Um, but then really looking beyond that scope is how you make yourself invaluable. So get good at identifying the problems. That's really the key. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, for the most part, it's all about your attitude coming into the company mm. and what you're willing to take on. And I mean, technically, my role at Quest, I never really knew what it was. Right. I just made the whole thing up. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like I didn't see a job description when right. I accepted. I accepted That's the bad. company. Yeah. yeah. But it is what it is. Mentally filing that away. <laughs> Let's not repeat those mistakes. Absolutely. I, but you, you rose know, above, right? So you right, didn't get exactly. held back by I that. didn't get held back by the fact that I knew what the core of my responsibilities was, right. but it didn't limit the fact that you can see outside of that in terms of finding utility and, you mm. know, creating things. Um, so this next one comes from Melissa Adams. When you go against the grain of how the food industry works, but you, ha um, but you have a great idea, wait. Um, so you're going against the grain. Should you still pursue it based on what everyone's saying? Um, you need more experience in the industry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, so I'm going to reach into the question and assume a few things. So it sounds to me like what's happening is um, you're going against the grain and people are basically telling you um, you're going against the grain like only a fool would. Right. So yeah. and that is and there's an awesome quote. It's like when everyone thinks that you're wrong, um, you're either gravely wrong or about to have a major breakthrough. And so being able to tell which of the two is true is uh, what makes people successful. So there's no easy way to know whether you really are going against the grain like a fool and you can't see like what everybody else sees, which is maybe some obvious truth. Um, or you're going against the grain because you see what no one else can see and it's a brilliant move. So you really have to constantly be asking yourself, am I doing the right thing? Are we like what metric can we look at to know if we're moving in the right direction and always be willing to adjust, always be open minded, always listen to the people that think that you're a fool, assess are they right or not? And if they're right, then listen. And if they're wrong, keep going. So you have to have faith in your vision. There's no question. Um, and for me, that really comes down to knowing what your mission is, like what that why is. What are you actually trying to accomplish? So at Quest, it was easy, right? Our goal is to end metabolic disease. Are we doing that or not? Should we change this ingredient or not? Well, which one has a better metabolic reaction? It became very simple. So you have that filter by which to judge things. And, and then you can just see like from the market perspective, if you're doing the right thing, are people actually taking it? Because another critical part was people have to use it. They have to eat it. And if they're not, like you can make all this wonderful stuff, but if nobody eats it, then it's totally irrelevant. So, you know, judging those two things, we were constantly watching the metabolic response, what we were making, and then constantly checking to see, like, are we actually moving units? Um, so that's really important. Here at Impact Theory, you know, it's, it's similar. Our mission, pull people out of the matrix, 
Said another way, end generational poverty. It's all about mindset. It's not about money. Like really asking, are the things that we're doing having an impact on people? And if they are, keep doing it. And if they're not, stop. And then we've broken it up into smaller things. So one, we understand that to do it the way we want to do it, which is to not throw hundreds of millions of dollars at it, which I think is just a kamikaze mission. Um, but instead, really leverage what's going on right now today with social media, the crowd, the ability to build a community, to connect with them, to be transparent, authentic, let them know who you are, to get them on your side so that they'll actually help you build this. Um, I keep punching the mic today. This must be like set up ever so slightly differently. Right. I set it up. So, um, <laughs> But that is what we're doing. So it's like, are we building the community? Is the community growing? Is it? Um, I was just out with somebody, I won't say who last night, but it was really, really cool to hear their assessment of our community. He's like, dude, there's just nothing like this. Like the, he was a guest and he said, I've been on so many podcasts, I've done so many interviews and I've never had a community like respond to me so like warmly and um, with volume. I don't know how else to say that. Like just so many people yeah. like connecting with him and trying to help and like engaging with his content. And he was like, I've never seen anything like it. And then Jay Samet, and I can say this one cause he, um, you know, has, has posted about it, um, that we sold out his book on Amazon. He was like, I've been on so many podcasts. He's like, this has never happened before. And he's been on people's <laughs> podcasts go, that are like literally from a numbers perspective, more than a hundred times bigger than we are, mm -hmm. but they didn't move units. Right. But we move units because the community is engaged. Exactly. So it's like, you have to understand like what metrics are super meaningful to you, like will actually help you in your mission and then steer by that. So I never worry about whether people think I'm crazy, but I worry a lot about whether I actually am crazy. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running 
running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And I hope that makes sense. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And by the way, thank you guys so much for being that awesome. Yeah. Like, no kidding. It means the world to me. Um, so Chris Welch wants to know, how do you prevent believing in what, imp- yeah, believing that which empowers you with keeping your beliefs from calcify- calcifying into dogma? Um, so let me just repeat the question. How do you um, balance between doing that which moves you towards your goals and avoiding uh, your beliefs calcifying into dogma? Mm-hmm. So in the question is the answer. So if you're always assessing whether or not something is moving you towards your goals, you're going to keep from letting it calcify into dogma. Because uh, dogma because becomes dogma because people, um, they love so a heuristic is a rule of thumb. Okay, it's a really fancy word, but I love it so much. I'd rather teach you guys what it means than not be able to use it. Uh, heuristic is a rule of thumb. And we all use them to lower cognitive load. It's an adaptive piece of behavior. <laughs> Don't uh, worry about it. Don't worry about it. Keep but going. aren't you curious? No, because so I know what's happening. Running. What's um, funny is like, because I know what's happening. Yes, I have no <laughs> idea. So this is a very surreal experience for me. Um, so using those heuristics to reduce the cognitive load, and uh, be able to move through the world with, uh, fascinating, um, to be able to move through the world uh, very quickly and very easily um, is important. Help me, Cindy, get back. There was so much movement that I lost my train of thought into dogma. Thank you. Perfect. Um, So it's good to have those heuristics, but people leverage them way too much, and they're literally doing it because it's so easy. So rather than do that, Always have a goal that you're moving towards, something that's out of reach, something that you haven't accomplished yet, and just constantly be checking against it. And it, this is really big. We could do a whole show about why, I think it was, um, uh, actually I don't remember who it was, very famous scientist. The name that's coming to mind is Niels Bohr, but I know for a fact that it wasn't Niels Bohr. But somebody um, with a name that shares that neuron in my brain for some reason said that basically science progresses one funeral at a time. And what they meant by that was the only way for the new ideas to come in is for the old ideas to die out, literally die with the person because people are so close-minded and it's like that thing that made them famous that helped them like have some major breakthrough, like they can't let it go either because it invalidates their like entire existence or um, because they just, it's made them feel so good over the years to be the one that thought of that. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy how people like get into that because it stops being about like something they're trying to do and starts being about how they feel, right? And how they right. feel about themselves. So it's like right. when somebody comes along with an idea that challenges everything that you've stood for, everything you've put yourself out there publicly about, it's like, what do you do? And I remember, I remember reading So Good They Can't Ignore You, which is basically about passion is garbage. Like passion's a joke and what are people like, Telling you to go be passionate is so stupid and it doesn't make any sense. And I was like the passion guy. Like all I ever talked about was passion. Like follow your passion. It had so changed my life. It was like, and when I read that, I was like, this is, well, so I went through this really fast transition. First, I was like, 
oh God, like everything I put myself out there, it's all a lie. And then I was like, this is amazing. This is going to move me forward. And so it's like, you just immediately have to get to that. And that's Mm -hmm. why I am building my reputation around one thing. I am the learner. I am willing to admit when I was wrong. Okay. So if I'm saying passion one day and then the next I move away and here's what what that book ended up giving me was an understanding of how to get a passion. Not that passion's useless, that because passion, I think, is that energy that lets you sustain something. But that book made me realize in no uncertain terms, you're never going to turn inward and find a passion. You're going to turn inward and find an interest. And mm. through the gaining of mastery, you're going to find out whether that interest can become a love and then a full-blown yeah, passion. So it... When you're open-minded, when you're open to being wrong, when you're open to, I have to change all the rhetoric that I've been going, when you have to know there are videos out there of me saying something now and I'm saying something totally different now, that that evolution needs to be the juice. And so that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's like, that is how you keep it from becoming dogma because it has to be measured against your goals. And if my goals are actually to pull people out of the matrix, any piece of information that allows me to more effectively do that, it has to become part of my new ideology it has to nice word i like it so we have a couple more shout outs love it um we've got laura tuning in from ohio laura dufresne laura dufresne uh, laura dufresne in my the co-moderator she's uh, helping right? me out with the impact theory nice. league um and then we've got judo randor judo? judo their name is judo judo like that, J-U-D-O. That may be one of the coolest names I've ever heard. Randori. Congratulations to you, Judo. Your name is badass. <laughs> and he's tuning in from Texas. Nice. Yeah. And then we have a special shout out to one of our community Oh, members. I know who this is going out to. I know. To Joshua for creating this lovely masterpiece. That I'm is like amazing. Into my amazing. Microphone. I'm like, which camera do I show it That's to? That's very flattering. Very cool. Amazing. Much appreciated. And now has a position of honor in the house, which is why yeah. all the running so had to be gone. We wanted to make sure that we gave him a special shout out because nice. I know brother. how hard he worked cool. on that and very, very took cool. the time to send it. Yes, amazing. Yes. Joshua Martell. All right. And then this next question comes from Pup Cyprian. Hi, Tom. You're doing a great job. You talked a few times about your way to conduct a job interview, reading a Um, person in first seven seconds and after Mm -hmm. this trying to find out if you were right my question is how many times you were right from the beginning and how would you recommend others take an um take an efficient interview take on uh, wait from which side to be an efficient interviewer i think we should do it from both sides because at any one point, you'll be on either side of the table. I've never taken the meta stats of how often I was right. I was always just doing micro adjustments. Yeah. Like, because uh, how often are you right? Like, in totality, probably zero times. Um, but you're usually right about certain parts and wrong about other parts. I can tell you that one thing I realized I am currently incapable of detecting in an interview is grit. And grit is the thing I care most about. So, um, back when I was still at Quest, that was like going to be the next thing that I really, really wanted to get good at was how do you identify grit? Because it is not a standard interview. It's not even the atypical interviews that I was doing. So how do you, how do you figure that out? And the, the answer that I have now is time. So the reason that we're doing our internship program, basically at this point, God, will I make an exception in the future? Probably but as of right now, if you want a job at Impact Theory, you're going you're gonna to intern first. 
plain and simple. I'm just not bringing people on full time that I haven't worked side by side and seen how they handle adversity, seen whether they've got the grit to fight through all the times that they're wrong. And uh, so, was. nope, nobody does, but that's that sounds right. kind of like a duck. Yeah. So um, that time, time is the answer to the grit uh, question. I think um, here's how you be an efficient interviewer. If you want to be an interviewer, you have to get the other person to lower their guard as rapidly as possible. That usually means that you're going to have to be super real, super authentic, get them in a comfortable position, recognize that interviewing is the most anxiety-inducing thing of all time. People that are amazing in real life are freaking out in an interview. So you've got to find a way to lower that pressure, get them to relax so you can see who they really are. Um, so I've done all kinds of interviews. I've done interviews where it's one-on-one, -on -one, which can actually be more anxiety-inducing. And then I've done huge, like, 15 of us and one of them, which can cause legit panic attacks in some people. So the way that we combated that was a lot of times just um, starting with uh, quick introductions, like chit-chat, finding out something that's funny about them, like little things, mm -hmm. saying things about yourself. Um, a lot of times I would um, tease somebody in the group so that people could see like this isn't an overly serious thing. So get everybody laughing. That was always something that I tried to do because um, it just lowers the tension in the room. Ask atypical questions. So don't just start with tell us your story. It's like really get into you know some interesting facts about them, something that they might want to talk about. Um, also, I always let people know, I don't care about your resume, that only tells me where you've been, doesn't tell me where you're going, I want to know who you want to become, the price you're willing to pay to get there. So it gets them focused on like a future thing, something that they're passionate about. If you can trigger passion, if you can trigger excitement, um, so much the better. So um, that's really the efficiency part comes in in, in just lowering their defenses. Um, it usually makes for a long first interview, but you can hopefully find things out pretty rapidly without having to do three, four, five, six interviews, which happens a lot of times. Um, also as an interviewer, depending on the role, I like to see what their 30, 60, 90 day plan is. Um, and with that, I'll transition into how to be a good interviewee. Um, you wanna show up knowing more about that company than the people that work there. I will just tell you, people, you hire because you're trying to solve a problem. And when somebody can come in and show you exactly how they're gonna solve that problem and they've got a bitchin' plan, and I swear to God, if you walk in and say, in my first 30 days, I'm gonna walk around, I'm gonna get to know everybody, <laughs> I just wanna punch people across the table. Like, don't come in and say the obvious shit. Don't come in and say like, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna be polite. I'm really gonna try to establish myself as a good person. If you don't, asshole, like then what are you doing here? Like don't, <laughs> Don't cheese out with stuff like that. That's people do that so they only have to think of a 60 and 90 day plan. Like I would walk in and say something like this. Here's my 30, 60, 90 day plan. I hope it goes without saying that I'm going to come in and get to know the lay of the land. I'm going to try to assess very quickly by actually talking to the people that know exactly what needs to be done. But rather than put that in my, my plan, let's just assume that I do that first. And then here will be my first 30, 60, 90 days of productivity. Ah, then actually give me something yeah. real. These are, I'm going to do this, 30, 60, 90. Um, so that will show whether you understand the company, whether you actually understand the problem they're trying to solve, and if you've got ideas that I haven't heard before. Because, and this is another thing that drives me crazy. If you walk into an interview thinking that you can somehow give away your secrets and, you know, I've given away the milk, so why buy the cow? Um, then you don't have anything of value. Let me just say that as aggressively and offensively as I can. If your ideas, think about this for a second. Seven days a week, I release content. 
I go and speak in front of a thousand people, 1500 people at a time. My sole goal in that time, in all the content that we're putting out is to give you every single secret that I have to teach you how to out execute me. And yet people still don't out execute me because I'm willing to push myself harder, go farther, do more deep work, all of that. The way to entice people is to work so hard to give all your stuff away that they can see like, oh my God, the depth of knowledge, experience, ability that this person has is so deep that even if we work together for 10 years, they'll just keep pushing their skill set out farther. We'll never be able to get everything out of them. Okay, that's where you have to get yourself to. That's why you've got to be pushing, doing the deep work, getting skills. Nothing impresses humans other than being capable of the extraordinary. That's it. Go in, set the bar ridiculously high and surpass all expectations. There, there just isn't another path. Like think of any path that correlates with what you know about human nature. Think about the last person that impressed you. They were amazing. Amazing people impress us. That's it. Yeah. Like mediocre people do not impress us. They're never going to get ahead in life. You can, you can absolutely sleep your way to the middle. You don't sleep your way to the top. I want to be really clear about that. And sleeping with can be, uh, you don't get there by being, um, nepotism isn't going to get you to the top. Like literally think about somebody who inherits the company and they go right to the top. What happens to that company? It implodes. So at the end of the day, for something to thrive, the people at the top are going to have to have earned their way there. So focus on becoming one of those people. It's just the only path that works. Get so good they can't ignore you. That's just the truth. Super dope. Yeah, absolutely. So and you have to show that in the interview. Show that you are a total badass, that you can outperform anyone. Agree. And then um, special shout out to Kathy tuning in from Las Vegas. Nice. She's a new follower who found us through welcome. the One Thing podcast. Nice. That's awesome. So welcome, Kathy. Indeed. Um, this next question um, comes from Nick Ruffini. So a good place to start with psychology. You say a good place to start learning about the mind is with psychology books. Mm -hmm. I've read Mindset, but would love to hear more about books that you like. So go to impacttheory.com, Tom's reading list. I have 25 books in order that you should be reading if you want to sharpen your mind, whether you're just trying to be a linchpin employee, you're trying to be an entrepreneur, you're just trying to be better at anything. Um, those are the 25 books that are really going to shape your mind. So dive in, read that list. Now, at the end of that list, if you're looking for more, uh, let me know. I'm always reading, watch my book reviews. Most of those books aren't on the list, which by the way, did we ever put Disrupt You on the list? We should get it on. Oh, is it yeah. live? Yeah. Nice. So I wrote an article with like much sense. badgering. I put this shit off. I <laughs> pushed back. I postponed. Um, writing articles he takes really an did, absurd guys. amount of time. And literally, if it wasn't for Agent Smith, I tried to plant a flag and say no more fucking articles. And while he was gone, it actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> came there back. are so many things. <laughs> and Italy, for a brief minute, I didn't have to write articles. And now... Agent Smith is back, cracking the whip. Uh, but I wrote for Success Magazine, yes? Yes, Success.com. All right, for Success Magazine, go to Success.com. I wrote an article, five comments. books uh, about the brain that'll help empower you. Um, yeah, 
go read them all because it was so painful to write that damn article. <laughs> the link Here, is going to be in the, art, in it, the comments perfect. for everyone. By and the way. here's why. Like, it is so easy to talk about things because I can say things like, I don't remember what scientists said that for whatever reason, it's uh, occupying the same neuron as Niels Bohr, but it wasn't Niels Bohr. <laughs> People roll with it. You can't do that shit in an article. So now I have to go figure out <laughs> who actually check. said it. Oh, God, it takes forever. So, yeah. Thank God vid video is eating the internet because if I had to do a lot of articles, it would be a torture chamber. Yeah, too much time, too much time. And that's the same reason I'm using a ghostwriter to write the book. So everybody get real fucking comfortable with that because either I'm never writing this stupid thing or I'm using somebody to go through, watch my video content, assimilate it, I'll approve it all and make sure that it's right and make sure that that is exactly how you. I say it and how I think. But dude... Every time on my most important list, the book is always so low, I never get to it. It is important. I get that. But it's, it is. It's People just, want it. Remember, this is a fucking studio. We are not like, the book is going to help build the audience, but it's like one of 10 things we're doing to build the audience. So I just can't justify sitting there and typing every word. So at first, I was like sheepish about it. And I was, I was like really like, tense oh. that you, my beloved community, would be like weird if I didn't write it. And so it just kept getting put off. So now... Going back to our earlier question, like when do you um, like diffuse and when do you get fucking aggressive? Now I'm aggressive. I'm bullish on using a ghostwriter. And I will give all credit to my wife. She finally put her foot down. And she was like, fucking write the book. Like enough book. is enough. So she Shout is the Lisa. one yeah, that was like, <laughs> get a ghostwriter. I'm going to start chewing on your eyes. Uh, so my wife is not to be trifled with. Let's be very clear about that. Uh, also, her ideas are almost universally amazing. So now we're real fucking comfortable with the ghostwriter. Yes, we are. So. All right. So this next one comes from Laura Dufresne. Tom, you've said you hate working out, and I always did as well until I found rock climbing. I love nice. solving puzzles with my body. Have you tried of any to find a form of activity that you enjoy? If you have, which ones did you attempt and do you still hate them all? Um, I have not. I have no intention of doing so. And the reason for that is I resent everything that takes time away from my mind. So um, I love learning so much, I can't tell you. So when I'm doing something like working out, super important and I do it. And I'm very, very grateful to have a physique. And in fact, I'm in the process of getting summer ready. Um, so I want to know who in the community is going to get summer ready with me. Uh, I want some people that are going to, like, let's be hardcore. The only thing is I need you guys to forgive me. When I get summer ready, my face, it looks like I was just released from Auschwitz. Like, my face gets scary lean. I wish it were not the case. Sadly, it is the case. My wife promises to put the brakes on if I start looking too weird. Uh, maybe we can soften the lighting a little bit. Um, but I am, I'm going to be getting summer ready. So I'm, uh, I'm, I've already started dieting, not hard yet, but I, I'm dieting to the point where like, I want to talk about it cause I'm fucking hungry right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so drop in the comments, hit me up on IG, Facebook. Let me know if you're prepared to get in on this hashtag summer ready. Uh, so at least I have some people that are suffering with me. Um, so yeah, I like to work. I, I am grateful for the opportunity to work out to get the results because that's what I want, both cognitively and physically. Um, but I do resent that that's time that I could be spending on the mind. And I can't tell you how many times the thought has occurred to me while I'm lifting and it hurts. I'm going to circle back around to David Goggins here in a minute. But while I'm working out and it hurts and it sucks, I think I could be reading right now, which is pure pleasure for me. And quite frankly, from a business perspective, is a lot more usable. 
And I think because I, I have taken the things that I've read and manifested into access to resources, financial mm-hmm. success, um, <clears throat> which is, you know, I mean, make no mistake, it is financial success that has allowed us to do impact theory. That's another thing, going back to the what makes impact theory special. We don't have to please advertisers, nothing. Like we're just throwing our own capital at this. Um, so we're doing it exactly the way that we want to do it. That thing that I was alluding to earlier that we were all geeking out about this morning, like that's only gonna be possible because we have access to resources. And all of that, that is not a result of working out. That is a result of the things that I've learned um, and then put to use. So because I put it to use, I'm always like frustrated. So I'm not looking to rock climb, not going surfing with Agent Smith. like. They, I bet they're all amazing things, and I bet that I would love, I'll just assume I would love them. I'm still not gonna do them. It's the same reason I only meditate for a certain period of time. Like, that shit is fun, but no, I, I just can't. Not for what I want to accomplish with my life. David Goggins, do something that sucks every day. That's what I was thinking about. Today was leg day for me, and I was like, this sucks, I want, and then I was like, David would be so proud right now. Although, honestly, he would have slapped me six times for being such a wuss. That guy's <laughs> insane. If you don't know who David Goggins is, wait till his episode comes out. One of two things will happen to you. It will change your life and you will love him more than anything. Or two, you're going to unsubscribe because you fucking hate him so much that you can't even be a part of a show that would put him out. That guy to me, though, is incredible. Love him. Amazing. Sure. Amazing. Amazing. He ran... A hundred mile race, by mile 70, both feet were broken. He had shin splints, because he weighed like over 250 pounds. Both feet were broken, shin splints. He peed blood, and he had defecated on himself. That was at mile 70. He still had 30 miles to go. Can you imagine? So he tries walking, realized, because he has to do it in a certain period of time. He realizes that he's not gonna make the time if he doesn't run. So on broken feet, he continues running, because so he walked, whatever is the difference. He ends up running the final 19 miles. Uh-huh. Um, that's crazy. It, imagine okay. the feces drying on you as you're running, Mm-mm. and the stream of red urine that's drying on your leg, and you keep running. Like, what? And I know most people are thinking, that's so dumb. Why would you do that? But what that taught him about himself right. is amazing. And so as a part of my summer ready, I'm going to do a three-day fast. And he's the one that made me realize, okay, I need to do it. I've done a three-day fast before. They're mm-hmm. not fun. No. And, but doing something that sucks, I think it's pretty critical. And I'll do it during the week so you guys are going to see multiple pieces of content with me fasted. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah. There you go. I'm yeah. super excited about that. And, and I'll probably do it relatively soon because... Um, Better to do it when I have more fat stores, if I'm completely honest. Because <laughs> as you get leaner, it gets harder and harder. So, hmm. makes sense. Fasting coming up. Hashtag summer ready. And <laughs> and I want to know who's gonna do it with me. I want other people to do a fast with me. And like, I won't even be able to to fuck with Snapple. I'll still do Diet Coke because it has zero calories. But I think my Diet Snapple have five calories, it has five. which means they're totally out. Yeah, they do. See, I can't. I remember the last time I did it, I got such a bad headache on in the middle of night two. It was unbearable. And I thought, I need to take some Advil. And then I was like, what if Advil has calories? So I wouldn't let myself oh do it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, no one was watching, right? No yeah, one would yeah. know if I did that. Yeah, no. But I would know. So I was like, can't do it. Can't. So I'm so proud of that three day fast because I did not fuck around. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. That question is. 
kind of insane. But um, <laughs> this Gotta next question comes from Ron Baturi. I'm finding loads of opportunities, but I'm struggling to figure out the best way to make the right decisions. Um, what advice do you have? And make thanks, a, guys. Make a decision fast. And then if it sucks, then backtrack out of it. Once you realize that you can get back out of any scenario, you'll realize the only real problem is indecision. So go fast, do it, pick one, trust your gut, flip a coin. Like people do that a lot, flip a coin. And then whatever comes up, your emotional reaction will tell you which one you wanted. So if you're like heads, it's path A, tails is path B and yeah. path A comes up and you're like, damn it. Then you know you want a like path that. B. So do path B. Um, so there's little tricks like that that you can use. The only thing that should make you, and this is where like using um, self-loathing comes in. Like the only thing that you should be super disappointed in yourself for is inaction. Total failure, not a big deal. Inaction, that's pathetic. Don't do it. Okay. Um, so we've got one come from, uh, from Lee Ann Smead. She says, hello from Cape Town, which shout out to South Africa. Indeed. How do I identify companies that employ a growth mindset mentality to their business and people? Oh, wow. That's something it's I forgot to mention question that question to... about interviewing. You should mm -hmm. be asking them as many questions as they're asking you and not like the questions that you're supposed to ask. Actually find out who they are. Um, find out what they're about, what they stand for, what, they, what you can expect when you're there. Ask them point blank. Like... You know, do you guys know about a growth mindset? Is it something that you've talked about? Is it something you instill into the culture? I don't think there's any way to find out about it other than asking the questions, trying to meet other people that work there, um, and, and finding out. That's really it. Yeah. And I feel like that's what you should be looking for yeah. in general. And you could read their employee handbook. You'll get cues in there. And that was one thing I learned the hard way because I think our handbook at Quest uh, was pretty bad. And it really is because I fully did not understand that at the end of the day, all like as the company gets bigger, all people know about you is what you write down. Like they'll get little glimpses and stuff like Inside Quest was my attempt to show people, no, 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 this is what we're about because it's way more deft right. and complex. You have like a scowl. I'm, no, I'm just trying to think. I was like, did I? I'm sure I got an employee handbook. You did. Most people don't look at it, but yeah. it was like when they do, like I remember there was something in our handbook, which I, it didn't even make my radar, but it was something like um, you can only take three sick days. Oh, yeah. Wait. Those. So people were like, wait, it was, yeah, three sick days? I think we in had a quarter three or something days. like that. No, and period. For the year? Yep. Three sick days. So it, anyway, whatever number, even at three a quarter. And that's why people are coming like, in yeah. like with the plague, essentially. Exactly. But we're all dying. <laughs> like, we had the unofficial policy of if you need a day, take a day. So it was like it didn't even make our radar because we didn't care. And all the managers were letting people go. But for the people that didn't ask, then it was like, well, but the official policy is three days. And we didn't even realize the official policy was three days. So it's like, oh, uh, like this yeah, is so retarded. Like, how is this happening? So that's when I began to realize you are what you write down. And so looking at that will give you a big clue as to what the company is about. Like, yeah, they may want to be a certain way, but they are what they write down. So at least at a certain size. Hmm, makes sense. Yeah. And can I, can I lament about rules and regulations for a second? Yeah. A lot of times what you have to write down comes down to the, like, the laws of the land. It's like such yeah. a pain in the ass. So it's like, yeah, if you were to write down that you can take a day whenever you want, it's like it, 
people will actually get mad. That One of the reasons that Impact Theory has um, unlimited vacation policy from day one is because it becomes like this real battle. If you say you have two weeks and then you realize, wait, that's so stingy. Hey, we wanna move it to an unlimited vacation policy. People will fight because they feel like they're owed the money for the two weeks. Mm -hmm. But it's like, wait, isn't the idea that you want the time off? And now I'm trying to give you as much time off but as you, you want. So you money. could even, like get this, you could even have a policy where that can't be turned into cash. So you have two weeks, can't be turned into cash, take it or lose it. Switching to an unlimited vacation policy still causes people to freak the fuck out. So weird. I don't want to derail on that, but that, that kind of shit is weird. Huh. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I even think of it that way. Um, so we're about to wrap up. Um, final questions. Um, we have some curiosities about startup theory. Um, are we bringing it back? What's well, it like in its new form? We morphed it. So it's now um, designed to be search engine friendly. So it's really short clips that are like answering specific questions that are designed to pop up on a search. Um, because one, getting companies that we thought in showcasing would be valuable, that was taking a lot of time. Um, they weren't getting a ton of views. And also the answers that I was giving was specific to that person, that industry, that business, and wasn't necessarily universal. So um, we, I, when I, I can't remember who came up with the idea. When either I said it or heard about it, you came up with it? No, no, you came up with a new one. Did you come up with startup theory? Yeah, the new idea is all a 100% Agent Smith. That is for sure because he's actually tactical. Um, yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. So yeah. what questions do you guys want to hear answered? That would be Drop amazingly helpful. But to go back to what I was saying, I don't remember um, how the original one came up, but I was convinced it was going to be our highest performing piece of content. Because I was like, I startup theory is going to be the jam. And it's going to be like, it. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. It's going to crush. <laughs> and then we did it. And it failed. So we changed and adjusted. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's just how you do it. So we could, like, I guess I could be sitting in my room right now crying over the fact that I was so horrifically wrong. Um, or you just adjust. Like just adjusting fine. seems smarter to yeah, me. Yeah, and so now it's video only and uh, it's on our YouTube channel. Word. In a playlist. And to Agent Smith's point, please submit questions and then we will get you answers. Yeah, and just as a reminder, if this live feed brought you value, share it in order for a chance to win a do shirt from the Impact Theory store. Nice. Yeah. Word. Are we at the end? We're at the end. We're wrapping up, sir. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, this is such a pleasure. It is so much fun to connect with you guys. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.